This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. Homestretch here on Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast covering the Las Vegas Raiders. Mo Moten, he is, still is, yes. He's Midtown Mo, but that's just to us. But to the rest of the world, he is Mo Moten. He is a national NFL writer at Bleacher Report, also Raiders columnist up on sportsnot.com. You can te- text him, text. Holy crap, Mo, I got to start like, Re- rewiring the mouth today. Uh, you can tweet at him at Mo Moten, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. And I am at LV Gully. The show is at SNB today. So Mo, what did you think of the Super Bowl? Give me your your top line, two sentences of what you thought of the game. Game started well, ended poorly. Rihanna was great. There you go. Okay, there you go. That was succinct. So I will, I'll run it back and say, yes, I agree on the game. The last call, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, uh, ruined it for me. And I thought, Rihanna, I almost fell asleep, but that's just me. So uh, we're in a different age bracket. And so maybe it has to do with that. I have no idea. I just thought it was a little bit blah. I, I think I know what the problem here is. See, you were <laughs> listening to Rihanna. I was looking you at You were Rihanna, watching that's Rihanna. That's why we have different reactions. Yes, I know. <laughs> well, yes, uh, she's a beautiful lady, uh, and she was an expectant mother. I thought that was very cool of her, actually, to not try to hide that, but instead show it. So that was really cool. Um, so good for her, and congratulations to her for her next show. I think she just had a child, like, what, a year ago or two two years mm-hmm. ago? So pretty, she's pretty going, close. She's going back to back. She's going back to back, getting it done when she's young. Very, very smart. All right. So the, let's start with the most controversial thing, of course, which was uh, the interference call towards the end of the game, last two minutes. And here's the analogy I've been using since Sunday, Mo, and I want, I want to see if you agree with this. Was it a penalty? I guess if you look at it, you could technically say yes. Even uh, Bradbury, the the the, cor- the, uh, the the cornerback for the Eagles, said yes, it was a penalty. I mean, what else is he going to say, right? So he says it's a penalty. It is a penalty. But I use this analogy. Let's say I'm driving down the street. I'm visiting Mo. I'm on. I'm in Midtown. I'm going down Fifth Avenue on my way. There happens to be no traffic, maybe, because it's raining a little bit. I'm driving, and the speed limit's 25. But there's an NYPD blue, and he rolls by me, and I'm doing 28. Now, he can give me a ticket. I'm technically breaking the law. 
But is he going to do it? Uh, it's his call. He can judge McCall. And and so then let's say he pulls me over. He pulls me over and I'm a newlywed. I'm, I'm in my tuxedo. My wife's in her dress. We're going, we're trying to get to the church on time for the wedding. Okay. And he's probably going to let her go. He's going to say, okay, you guys get out of here and slow down and get there alive. This is what I look at this last play. They don't call that play. There was lots of other holding calls. There was interference calls, all sorts of calls. I credit the officiating crew in the game until the last two minutes because they didn't become part of the game. And then, just like the AFC Championship game, Mo, the last two minutes they decided to be part of the game. And so that, to me, is what drives fans nuts. If they were calling flags the whole game, then you expect it. But they didn't call anything hardly. And so then at the end of the game, at the most pivotal moment of the game, they call that. So is my analogy on track there? What do you think? Does it change the fact that the Eagles didn't adjust in the second half? No. So ultimately, it's their fault for losing, not the officials. But it's still just a bad look for a Super Bowl. I get it. I get what you're saying. But anytime you see a defender's hand wrapped around the waist of a pass catcher or receiver... There's a possibility they're going to call that. And I know what you're saying that if they're not going to call it at the beginning, why call it late? You never want to put the game in the hands of the referees. I'm sure coaches have said this countless times to their teams. You don't want to put leave it in the hands of the referee to make a call or not to make a call for you to win or lose that football game. And James Bradbury, as you mentioned, said it. He said, it, I took this jersey, but he just didn't think they were calling that situation, probably because they weren't calling it earlier in the game. Now he got busted on that one. I didn't. I don't like the call in that situation. I'd rather like just play it out. I, right. I hate to see games won on a penalty, especially on a crucial. What was it? Third down yep. to extend the Chiefs' drive and give them a new set of downs. I hate seeing that. So that's why I said the game ended well, but it was an anticlimactic end because you just don't want to see it end that way. You want to see the players decide the outcome without a penalty. But again, as I've said, once you see that hand wrapped around the waist. It could tip off an official to make that call. But I will, I have a stat, and I know, I'm sure our producer Davis DePena will like this. Teams were one in 26 when up by 10 plus points in the Super Bowl, Oof. right? Now, two in 26, now that the Eagles fumbled their 10 point halftime lead. They were up 24 14 going into halftime. And as you said, they didn't play well in the second half. That defense that everyone talked about, including myself, allowed Patrick Mahomes in that offense, Patrick Mahomes, who hurt, who re injured his ankle before halftime, allow that offense to go up and down the field. And I get it. He's getting shots in his ankle to numb it and everything. I get it. But the fact that he was able to do that while not even close to 100% on a defense that everyone thought was going to give that offensive line and the Chiefs problems says a lot about the Chiefs. Give credit. I know we're on the Raider, our Raider podcast, but give credit to the Chiefs offensive line. And the Eagles, that defense just didn't show up in the second half. Where was Hassan Reddick? Where was F- Fletcher Cox? Where was Javon Hargrave? Yep. Those guys didn't come up with enough plays in the second half to hold that lead. No, and and you you spoke of our producer David Stepanian, so I'm going to bring him in here as he's he's always lurking in the background. Oh, wow, thanks. Um, uh, yeah, see, you're on, uh, <laughs> David. By the way, with this one, I want to say this too because we. I'm just going to backtrack a minute before we finish talking about the Super Bowl. Um, the betting on the Super Bowl, because Dave David's a degenerate gambler, so he he's there. That's why he's got that beard. Yeah, and he looks, I blew up your he phone looked, when I when I was yes. driving back home. He looks like he's in a white van around the corner. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, I'm waiting. I'm outside the Caesars Palace right now, just waiting. I'm in the parking lot, just waiting for the. But David, you you bet on the Chiefs, and all there was a lot of money coming in on the Chiefs, which is why the line stayed where it was. 
Um, and then there's the, yeah, the William Hill story, go look it up. Uh, William Hill, David can't collect his winning bet on the, on the game because their whole oh, system yeah. basically shut down and you're unable to yeah. get it and, and they're not responding to anybody. It's, 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 it's a crazy story. Yeah, I should have um, on the Eagles. Might as well. <laughs> you, you would have been it's out of your same. money legitimately there. Someone give me my money, please. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Could you get like, David his money? It's not. It's not like producing this, this podcast is, makes him enough look, to live. So many people look. I, I I have a small wager. I have a small wager on the game. There's people betting thousands. All right. Yes. Like imagine those guys. Yes. Yeah, like that. They must be upset. Like I have but, a small. I have pizza money on this game. Pizza money. Did There's you win? Did you did you win any good props, David? Uh, I had I actually had Mahomes under two ninety and a half. I always do coin toss. I had heads this year. It was like three in a row. I couldn't I couldn't do tails. I had Mahomes over two twenty five and lost. He didn't even get there. Oh wow! Oh man! Yeah, he. What did he end up with? One eighty two. Like one eighty. Like yeah. Yeah, man, that's crazy. But, but yeah, he's the, but he's the MVP. <laughs> Look, I honestly, in my opinion, uh, I think this was heading to be like one of the top five Super Bowls of all time. This was one of my this was shaping up to be a classic. And to, mm -hmm. to end that way, I had a bet on the Chiefs and I was disappointed yeah. by that ending. I think either way, honestly, I think Chiefs kick a field goal, go up three and Eagles ha didn't have enough time to do anything anyway. That's how I think most likely it would have played out. But we'll never know. I we'll never know, but we, we are going to check in on the next show on Thursday to see if David got his money. So, David, if we see you in the same <laughs> clothes so. with the same background. Yeah, you might not hear from me. <laughs> you're, you're sitting there at Caesars Palace right now, right? I'm in the parking lot, Scott. And let me tell you, people aren't happy. The people are not happy. They got their torches. They got a lot of people. That's half the casinos on the Strip are not paying out right now. That's insane. Oh I've gosh, never seen that's... that. That is a nightmare. All right, brother. Thanks again. Uh, all right. So, so Mo, there you go with some, some betting just to throw David and give him, he's always working hard behind the scenes. So we like to get him up on there and plus he needs a date. So, um, all right. I'll stop it. I know. Dave, I'm just kidding. Dave, David, I'm just kidding. once David hits big, once he stops betting pizza money on his games and he gets a thousand dollar bet, all the women will be flocking to him. Okay. Trust so me. tell, so tell me though. That way. Tell me though, I do you do you agree with my statement about Jay? I think Jalen Hurts was the MVP of the game. I know he's a losing effort, but I, I get it. But Jalen Hurts, 27 to 38, 304 yards, one touchdown passing, three rushing, tying a Super Bowl record. I mean, his performance, I know Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs won. You got to give them credit, fine. But Jalen Hurts, man, not only did he play well all season and prove doubters wrong, Mo, but on the big stage, yeah, he had the weird fumble. I get that. That was the only down piece of it for him. But overall, look at the numbers the kid put up in the Super Bowl. It sucks because if he doesn't have that fumble, maybe the Eagles win because that was a set, that was a seven point swing because they yes. Nick Bolton scored once he scooped it up. So who knows what would have happened there? But I wrote a piece on Bleacher Report and it went out Sunday night after the Super Bowl. And I said Jalen Hurts proved that he is he he's worth a massive extension. Yeah. Now people are gonna laugh at this number, but I think he's gonna get a number of close to fifty million per year. That's because if you look at if you look at Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray is making forty six point one million per year. The the Cardinals signed him to extension last offseason. Kyler Murray hasn't led the Cardinals to a playoff win yet. They've been to the playoffs once with Kyler Murray. He's making forty six point one million a year. Jalen Hurts. Led the Eagles to the playoffs last year, got them to the Super Bowl, 
this year, and he was a Super Bowl, he was an MVP candidate until he hurt his shoulder. He yeah. still got a vote, but Patrick Mahomes, of course, ran away with the award. But this is a guy who was in the MVP running, got his team to the playoffs back-to-back years, got some playoff wins. He should get close to $50 million, and I think they're going to sign him to an extension this offseason, and he's well worth every penny of it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. He is. And like you said earlier in the show, a second rounder. So Raider fans, when you start looking at the future of the quarterback, it doesn't have to be those three guys, although I would prefer for them to get one of those three guys. Um, there's other players later in the round or even next year if they don't go for a quarterback in the first round. So, so again, you can develop that. But just I was just so impressed with him and what he was able to do in that big game. I sort of expected him to have a little bit of nerves. And, of course, that one fumble, maybe that was that. I don't know. But overall, I mean, just balled out and I think has proven so many, so many folks wrong uh, and the Eagles are going to be pretty good for a long time because they have everything there. Like a couple free agents, a couple deals they're going to have to give to keep that defense together. But overall, a uh, stellar thing. The field, Mo. This was another big controversy with this game. And I understand it. Look, the field play, this is a thing. They did stories for Super Bowl week about how they grew this grass out in Phoenix, the sod, for two years, right, to make sure it was desert temperate, the whole thing. They put it out there, and then they painted the hell out of it. It was like logos everywhere. It was terrible. It looked like some kid had done it in 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 grade school art class. Art class. <laughs> and and so that 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 does interfere with the grass a little bit. It just puts the grass down a little bit. So this grass, they you saw players wholesale cleat changes, and then you still saw guys um, uh, slipping throughout the game. I don't understand it, Mo, because the NFL is the biggest entertainment property we watch. Or consume. So they don't let anything go unnoticed. Uh, yeah, officiating, we'll get into that another time. But nonetheless, this field, how could you, for the biggest game of the year and your biggest event every year, have a field of that quality? Anytime you experiment with something that's that you haven't used before or that's new, you had to expect some issues. You would hope that those issues aren't as visible as they were in that Super Bowl game. But anytime you're trying something new, you have to expect that there could be there could be problems there. And, right. And you so at the half, I think before halftime, they showed a shot of basically a uh, moving car with all the cle- all the cleats that the Eagles players switched out of, and it was basically like it was like a third of the team that had to change their cleats, which is ridiculous, but. That's just one of the things when you, again, you start experimenting, you, you might have yeah. some issues there. Yeah. And and the thing that I'm worried about uh, is this. Super Bowl mm-hmm. is at Allegiant Stadium next year. The same mm-hmm. kind of field system with the tray come in and or out, same environment, desert. And by mm-hmm. the way, the field, the field turf at uh, the grass at Allegiant Stadium has been awful. I mean, I don't know about, it doesn't seem like players slip too much in it. But it's looked terrible. So so I'm concerned already. I know it's a year away and they have some things they can work out between now and then. But man, just to watch this game and the magnitude of how big it was 
to see just guys slipping all over. And then again, you, you again, the players association's got to have some say in this too, because you guys get injured. I know it's the Super Bowl, it's just the two teams, but there's a chance for injury when a guy's trying to get make a move and it slips away from him and suddenly you blow out a knee or an ankle. It could be anything. So Scott, are you making the case to to bring out the old uh baseball field and just play the Super Bowl game <laughs> on a field with a baseball field in the middle of it? Is that what you're no I'm just uh, advocating saying- for? I'm just saying with all the damn money the NFL makes, there's got to be a better way. No matter where you are, whether you're in Phoenix or you're Vegas, wherever you are, um, they didn't have a problem with it in Los Angeles last year, So, uh, but a different environment. When you're in the desert, you, you got a whole different thing going on there. So they're going to have to figure it out before Vegas because uh, the Raiders, if the Raiders make the playoffs they're gonna, and they play a home playoff game, then you got less time. But they're going to have to do what they did in Phoenix, and they're going to have to grow the grass somewhere and then bring it in. Uh, and I assume they're going to do it in Las Vegas. So it's going to be real interesting to to see what happens there. But but I know a lot of people were upset about it uh, because it just looks so bad. And and by the way, the media talked a lot about it too. So people's attention was focused on it. Um, but overall, I thought you know I thought the broadcast went okay. I didn't see anything. The the the, the eight hour post or pregame, I just couldn't take. It was like too much. Um, and and no matter how much content they put up there. Uh, and the content type, it was, it was just, it was just too much. I, I watched maybe 15 minutes of it. I'm like, okay, I'll just come back when the game starts. I usually tune in like an hour before the, before kickoff. Mm-hmm. I don't, and I, I usually hop on early because usually that's when you hear all the rumors around the league. That's when there was some buzz about, you know, Derek Carr. Remember it was, I was hours before kickoff where it came out that Derek Carr had informed a team that, you know, he was going to waive his no trade clause. So that's kind of like why I look at the pregame stuff just to get those rumors in. Sure. But other than that, I wait till about an hour before kickoff. I actually thought the broadcast is actually pretty good. I like hearing yep. Greg Olson because I think Greg Olson does a good job at teaching the game as well as telling you what's going on. He's not the Tony Romo type that's going to predict the next play as Tony Romo used no. to do when he first got in the booth. But you learn a lot by listening to Greg Olson and, and what he says because then you get a better understanding of the technicalities and the basics of what the players are thinking, what the coaches are thinking during certain situations. And I thought that was pretty good. Now, take this with a grain of salt because of the dollar figures involved. But I feel for Greg Olson because I don't know if you've heard, but when Tom Brady starts broadcasting in 2024, he takes that spot. So mm-hmm. Greg Olson, who's now making $10 million a year on TV, whew, uh, will make $3 million in 2024 because uh, Tom Brady comes into the booth and says, hey, you go to the number two broadcast unit, and that's only worth half the money. So you talk about losing money and losing kind of some prestige on your job. I mean, he's really good. I agree with you, and I, I enjoyed listening to him. Uh, and, and the crew overall yesterday I thought was, was pretty good. And so, you know, hey. That's well, Scott, we joke about this all the time. If Tim Brown wanted to do this show, Tim Brown brought in, you know, just pick <laughs> pick a pick a, a, a beloved Raider out there, Charles Woodson. Let's say Tim yeah. Brown and Charles Woodson wanted to do the show instead of you and I. David, our producer, would be like, well, see you, Scott Moe. It was it was great, <laughs> but uh, we we got an upgrade. We we got two former Raiders and Hall of Famers up here. So you yeah. guys, you're the B team. You got to go. So I mean, well, I, I I get it. You know, and bring us that. Rings. Not only that, but David, unfortunately, is a Michigan fan as well. So that would be be Michigan, oh, Notre Dame. There it is. There's He'd the cherry on top oh, right there. Oh, boy. He's in the background doing thumbs up right now. Um, <laughs> but that's it. So there we go, Mo. The, the, the 2022 into the 2023 season is officially over. A couple weeks here. There'll be some things happening. 
but uh, you get a little breath and then everything's going to start rolling again. Um, but but a, a great way to finish the year. I think the game was awesome again till the end. A lot of people upset about the officiating, about Roger Goodell saying at Super Bowl week that the officiating's never been better. And I think that partly that's not true, I think, uh, but because it's happening at key moments. I think overall the officiating, I don't know. I, I watch a lot of games. You watch a lot of games. But I think that until people uh, don't watch the NFL, it's not going to change. Why They have no incentive to change anything. If you're watching in record numbers, guess what's going to happen? They're going to get just a steady state, man. There's no reason to, to, to do anything that would cost the league any money or have them institute changes. And Scott, this Super Bowl that we just saw, Super Bowl 57, was the third most watched Super Bowl as far as ratings are concerned. So yeah. the ratings aren't going anywhere. The viewers aren't going anywhere. Correct. Roger Goodell's not going to acknowledge the gas and the officiating if people, as you said, if people just keep on watching. So there's no reason to admit you're a mistake if the product is still good. That's right. That's right. So we'll see. Anyway, but that's going to conclude this Tuesday edition of Silver and Black Today, we will be back on Thursday, so make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Mo, what do you got coming up people need to look for as far as reading and becoming smarter about football? Of course, reading Midtown Mo. I may have a parting shot for Derek Carr's exit from Las Vegas ah. on how the Raiders handled the situation. Of course, I'm reminding you again on Friday at, what is it, 3 p.m., I'm going to have a Raiders show just outlining what the Raiders can do to improve their roster overall by free agency and the draft. I'll go through some top targets they should go after and some drop top picks and maybe the first or third rounds that they should target. So I'll, I'll go through that to give Raider fans some hope for the future. Is that three Pacific Mo or is that three Eastern? Yeah. Three, three Eastern noon Pacific, noon Pacific. Okay. I want to make sure because a lot of our fans obviously on the West right, coast yep. want to make sure they don't miss it. You can do it through the bleacher report app on your phone. You can find it there or you can find it on the website too. Uh, look for Mo with his new fade. Getting another one? Getting it cut? <laughs> Get, getting it ready for, for Wednesday and Friday. So there you big go. time See? Mo will be in full effect. <laughs> I love it. All right, Mo. Uh, we will talk to you next time, buddy. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, appreciate you guys being with us again. Make sure you subscribe to the show. We'll be back on Thursday. See what's going on. Uh, and we'll have, obviously, reaction to the Derek Carr a cut, a release, whatever you want to call it, however you want to position it. It's up to you, but we will do that as well here on the show. Uh, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast. If you're watching us on YouTube, do me a favor, hit subscriptions, but you also have to hit that notification bells and then uh, give us a thumbs up as well. For our producer, David Stepanian, for Mo Moten, I'm Scott Branson. This has been Silver and Black Today at Odyssey Original Podcast. Take care, everybody. <laughs>